Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. All right, Cigar Tipsters, it is episode eight. We had uh, quite a bit of a gap between episode seven and episode eight, but we're back in the saddle again. Uh, joining me tonight is Senior from somewhere, wherever the hell he is. Uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And uh, what, if anything, are you smoking over in Murfreesboro, Tennessee? Uh, always smoking. Uh, smoking the La Rana by uh, Espinosa Cigars. Just got it lit up here, so we'll see how it goes. And also joining us from the lovely state of Tennessee is Ben. Hello, guys. And what you smoking over there? Well, uh, I have to confess, at the moment, I have a bit of a cold, so I'm not able to partake, uh, unfortunately. Fair enough. I'm in the same boat <laughs> as yeah. you on that one. And uh, coming to us from his uh, truck in Minnesota is Kirk. Hey, everybody. It's uh, colder than a well digger's ass around here, but <laughs> happy to join you guys for a cigar. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> All right, guys. All that uh, great Minnesota weather you were telling us about about a month ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I want you to come back and talk to me in December. <laughs> yeah, yep. beat the hell out of Buffalo. Yeah. Well, that's true. No, if I, I was in, like uh, hammered. I, I could, uh, if I was in Buffalo, I would dig a uh, a smoking igloo in my front yard. I believe that. Oh yeah, I forgot so, to say tonight I'm. I'm Tonight I'm smoking a little gem here. It's uh, it's the tattoo by Tatuaje. Interesting. I had one of those the other day. I I liked it. Yeah, I mean I I'm I'm about a half inch into it, and uh, off to a great start. Really, really, really solid. All right, so in the time since we last came to you, there's been a lot of consolidation in the cigar industry. Uh, Tarano and Lacia tobacco were both purchased by General Cigar, and perhaps the more shocking buy, Drew Estates, is now owned by Swisher International. So, first question: thoughts on the causes for the consolidation, and could the FDA have something to do with it? Well, guys, if I if I may chime in. Uh, I don't want to steal anybody's thunder or anything. Uh, I did read the articles regarding the consolidation with uh, Tarano and uh, and Sam Lesia, and from what I understood, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Tarano sold to General Cigar, but Sam did not. I believe he used Tarano as a distributor, and once Tarano sold out, Sam, I understood, reacquired his stocks back and ended up parting ways to look for a new distributor. So I don't believe Sam actually sold to General Cigar, and I believe I read that from CigarFishingAuto.com. Has anyone else read the articles and or heard anything differently, or did I misread it? Well, I think also the uh, weren't his cigars being rolled by the, the same rollers that were uh, doing the Tarano? Yes. So uh, he would have probably had to not only reacquired the stock, but potentially look for uh, another place to roll the cigars. Yeah. I hadn't heard anything 
along that lines. Okay, I will. Um, I'll review the articles from Cigar Fishing and see if that's what I was confirmed. But that that's something that I picked up from it. But, uh, I believe Sam. I don't believe Sam sold. He wanted to part ways after that. So I'm. I'm not. I'll double check. Yeah, I kind of hope that Sam stayed on his own because I mean, I, I've been impressed with some of the cigars that he's came out with. So I was, you know, looking forward to future blends. Yeah. I also heard uh, just you know through a rep that I had had some conversation with as far as Toronto selling. One of their biggest things was that the uh, the younger generations were not really as much into the cigars as Charlie and the. Uh, the father, his father were, and uh, they were just kind of cashing out. So they built up this empire and decided to sell out while they were technically ahead, which is a smart business move, I would say, for, for Toronto, but uh, you guys can, can agree or disagree. I think when you start going into mass production or, you know, uh, into this sort of conglomerate that, that General Cigar has... Uh, you know, when you start producing something at a mass rate, you get to such a large distribution quality can be sacrificed in the process because you have to generate enough, you know, for that type of distribution. Do you guys agree with that? Well, yeah. A uh, prime example of that uh, would have been CAO when General acquired them. They had a, I don't know if you want to call it a learning curve or what, but in my personal opinion, the blends and the cigars suffered there for a while. Now, they have started to come back uh, with some changes in management and stuff like that where CAO is a viable brand again. But in the the first onset of it, it kind of kind of suffered. And I think you'll see the same with Toronto. Hey, I've got another example, too. Uh, you guys are familiar with La Gloria Cubana cigars. Um I mean, that was a fantastic, fantastic cigar back in the 90s, and it got bought up by General Cigars, and they actually went through um, a huge degradation in the quality of cigars to the point where people weren't even sure if it was the same cigar anymore. They're starting to come back a little bit, but, uh, I agree. you know, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of this. I think Taranio, I would agree that Taranio hasn't got the, the spotlight lately, Um and that might be marketing or whatever, but Toronto has some fantastic cigars. Their uh, their Exodus uh, is a fan. Toronto Exodus. Oh my gosh, that thing is like, I mean, it's like cream, dude. That thing is so good. And uh, I'm 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 kind of bummed at the fact that the great cigars like that might get bastardized by uh, General. Yeah, I feel that general. You know, this this kind of has that Walmart effect where you get such mass distribution and that. You can overlook some quality, you know, that there's not going to have that type of that TLC that a boutique industry like, uh, you know, Lucione or whatever would would focus in because it's just, well, we, it, you know, they're looking at, well, if we, a certain percentage of variants of cigars that don't do well, well, that's within our guidelines. So bottom line on our, you know, fiscal report, it meets, so it's going to be fine. And rather than looking at it, you know, we want to focus so much on this, they're looking at the bottom dollar, I think, because it's so big. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that thought, Ben. Um, you know, if, if I'm a cigar producer uh, and General Cigars comes to me and offers me gobs of money for my brand, you know, yeah. 
I mean, how can you fault anyone for, for doing that? In fact, if that's the case, I would say hands off to Sam Lucia if he didn't take the bait, you know, because, you know, I've heard, I've heard when La Gloria Cubana was purchased, I think the buying price was like $35 million. Wow. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we're not we're not talking chump change here. We're talking a life-altering amount of money. So if Sam was approached with something and he said no, I mean, half off to that. Yeah, that's a kind of a purist uh, approach. He'd rather, you know, say, look, I'd rather make sure that my quality of my cigars is good and not just get, you know, mass distributed just for, for the wealth of it. So, yeah, if that, I'm, I'm going to reconfirm that, but if that's true, then yeah, hats off to him. I agree. And perhaps the uh, the shocker for the cigar industry was Drew Estate being purchased by everybody's favorite uh, Swisher International, the maker, of course, of Swisher Sweets. All right, for Swisher. <laughs> so I'd love to hear what you guys think about this one because this one has certainly been a controversial topic in the cigar industry. I've got a lot of opinions on this, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shake my head in silence and smoke my cigar. Um, I'll, I'll just say disappointed. That's all I'll say. Well, I think we might be in agreement. Is Think of this contrast. We have Swisher Sweets, King Edward, Optimo, Blackstone, Pom Pom, Santa Fe Cigars. And then adjacent to that is Liga Pravada, Undercrown. It, it, something is off with this. It, it doesn't quite add up. And I don't know why you would want to, to be on that same it, – it's, it's not the same scale. I don't know, just doing that, I don't know it. Like I said, I think it's still a good business move for Drew if they offered him that much money to buy it out. You know, great for him, but God help us if Swisher tries to do anything with, you know, any of his uh, exclusive brands. I, I don't know. It's just, it's it's a touchy subject. Yeah. Did uh, Hoya go along with Drew Estate, or was that separate? Uh, no, it was all together. Hoya yeah, went to Everything Drew Estate I think it's all used to own is now owned by Swisher. That's, um, that's that's hard to that's a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yep, you know, and here's the thing. So for Swisher, brilliant move. Swisher has been trying to get into the premium cigar industry for years, and you know they they push out things here and there. But at the end of the day, everyone hears the, the name Swisher and they think, okay, garbage cigar bought at a gas station. Um, so I don't blame Swisher for this. It's a it's a good business move on their part, but. I'm kind of disappointed at the Drew Estates. They've worked really hard to create a brand for themselves, um, and that brand still might exist, but it's not. It's never going to be at the level that it was or could be, I guess. Yeah. I want to read to you a quote uh, that I, I got from that Drew Estate, and it was by Peter Giloni, the president and CEO of Swishers International. He says, as a global leader in the cigar and other tobacco product categories, Swisher prides itself on developing, manufacturing, and distributing the most innovative and high-quality tobacco products available. <laughs> I see those same principles in Drew Estate. So you can take that information and do whatever you want with it. That's, that's a quote from our French Peter. Well, I, I think if you think General Cigar screwed up CAO. What do you think? I mean, 
<laughs> Where do you think Swisher's going to go with Drew State? I, I think we're going to see Liga Provada with wooden tips on the front. That's what I think. And it's, it's, yeah, you know, I, I hope to God not, but that's this is these are just facts. I, we just present facts on this show. It's a factual show. It's all serious. There's no entertainment. It's just facts. Yeah, I, I predict the uh, the Liga Provada black cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's just. Well, who put the agenda together? Kirk, did you put this agenda together? No, that's, uh, that was Junior. That was Junior. Junior, well, you asked for it. <laughs> this was your agenda. <laughs> you put this on the on the map. Oh well. Some, if any of our friends, if any of our friends at Drew State are listening, we forgive you. Uh, you know, but uh, but you got to prove to us now that we got to stick with you because. I mean, you lost a little bit of credibility here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just... Okay, well, uh, <laughs> moving on? Oh, yeah, let's uh, let's, let's, let's here, uh, talk a little bit about whatever uh, he's smoking over there. There we go. Was that back to me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, the La Rana is... Okay, it's got a Brazilian Habano wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan uh, binder and filler, uh, a lot of cedar notes, which one of the things that they did mention was it was aged an additional six months in cedar before they were shipped out. So I'm assuming that's where that's coming from. A little bit of, um, I guess you would almost say an orange citrusy uh, flavor coming through. Uh, which I think in Portuguese, La Rana means orange, and I'm assuming by the orange band and everything, that's the tie-in. Uh, really good smoke. I'd say just more of a, uh, a medium across the board. But liking it so far. Good. And Kirk, Very how's good. that uh, little gym working yeah, for you over so, there? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really impressed. So here, here's a little background information on the tattoo. So... You know, there's a huge following now. It's kind of a, a, a cult, a cult thing to smoke Tatuaje cigars. But the resounding complaint is that every Tatuaje costs, you know, nine to twelve bucks, maybe maybe even like fifteen, sixteen dollars. Um, they're good cigars, but nobody can smoke that every day. The tattoo, this little beauty, is five dollars for a robusto. So now we're talking everyday smoke here. Um, a little bit about it. So the tattoo was initially released a few years ago in just like a Lancero, I believe. Uh, and then in 2014, they came out with the Robusto that I'm smoking here. It's got an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Um, they've been secretive about the binder, uh, and I don't have any guesses. And the filler is uh, a blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos. It's made, like, like all the tatuajes, it's made uh, by the Garcia factory, um, but this one's actually made in, in Esteli. The, uh, I think it's called a Tacuba factory in Esteli. So they're sold in boxes of 50, which is a little bit unique. So if you get an extra $250 lying around, you could grab yourself uh, 50 of these bad boys. Uh, initial flavor, um, I'm going to put it at a medium strength. Uh, earthy, a little bit of pepper, but not as peppery as a lot of the Tatuajes get. Um, a little bit of cedar and a hint of sweetness. Um, Everything is kind of coming in mild, so it's hard to define exactly from tasting, but I'm expecting this to continue to develop, and uh, 
I'm really enjoying it so far. Good deal. All right. Uh, I know we're a cigar-based podcast, but we're going to take a few minutes to talk about pipe smoking, mostly because uh, Senior is partially obsessed with it, and I've dabbled in it a little bit. So uh, first question, do you smoke a pipe, or have you tried it? Any interest in it? What's, what's your thoughts on that? Ben, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, uh, I actually do. I actually find it, um, I do it a lot more through the winter months um, when I'm not able to stand outside, per se, for very long. Uh, I enjoy pipe smoking. I think it's actually just as important. I mean, it's even in the name, uh, IPCPR, International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers. So, you know, it's uh, it's enough of a name to, to put it with cigars. It, you know, you get different flavored tobaccos and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's a different type of smoking. Um, it's relaxing. It's, you know, uh, as far as pros and cons on it, uh, you know, uh, it's aromatic. People enjoy it. It's classy. Um, and honestly, I don't have to feel as guilty if I extinguish it because <laughs> it's not a $10 smoke. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I enjoy it as a hobby. I think it's great. Yeah, great, great points, Ben. Um, I will say that... Uh, so. You know, I'm, I am not a pipe smoker, but I've hung out with a number of pipe smokers, and they get far fewer dirty looks than cigar smokers do, and I think it's because pipe smoke has a nice smell. Correct. I've noticed that, too. Well, I'll say just right. to tie it together, uh, pipes and cigars, you know, again, I'm just going to draw the line and say nothing like cigarettes. You know, the point of pipes... And the point of cigars is to taste the tobacco, and to and to relax and enjoy it. It's not to get a nicotine buzz. So, you know, don't uh, don't make that uh, common misconception, I guess. Yeah, if anything, it draws a crowd. People are like, oh, look at that guy smoking a pipe. You know, it's uh, very it's, it's very hipster. See that something every day. Um, it also takes a break from cigar smoking. I'm smoking cigars for nine months out of the year. You know, I'll I'll take pipe and uh and, and have a beer, you know, for the winter months and kinda of take a break and then I start back up in the in the spring. And uh of course we've got our <clears throat> resident uh, pipe obsessor over there who owns uh somewhere in the neighborhood of about seventy six pipes right now. So senior, <laughs> take it away. That is two two thirds too many. <laughs> uh give or take uh four or five maybe depending on the day now i i really enjoy a pipe i enjoy it probably as much as cigars but now the unique thing with my pipe smoking uh now cigars i do not care for the flavored cigars but in the pipe tobaccos i prefer the aromatics over the uh english uh blend but now you can also, if you lean toward the Virginias or the Barleys or something like that, you can actually get a lot of the same flavors through the pipe that you get from, uh, you know, your premium cigars. Um, would encourage anybody that's, you know, considering getting into a pipe, don't go buy a $7,500, $500 pipe. Go find you a corn cob pipe, a Missouri Meerschaum, and they're, if, if you know, I may, uh, 
If I may I've never interject, heard it called that, but I just got it. <laughs> if I may interject, you can actually pick those up at Walgreens for less than ten bucks. Now, is that the Swisher uh, Sweets in the Drew Estates? Yes, <laughs> right next to the Liga Provada Black Cherry. That's right. <laughs> actually, a Missouri Meerschaum, or is that one of the China versions? No, it is. They have two. They have a cheap version, and then they have the Missouri, whatever the hell that other word was you said. Yeah. The China version. It's coming out of China, basically. Those are a lot more novelty. The Missouri Meerschaum is actually a smoking pipe. Those guys, uh, they actually started up in the 1860s. And the guy was a woodworker who uh, uh, somebody approached him to turn down a couple of corn cobs on his lathe to turn into a pipe. And that evolved into him selling fuel in his, in his woodworking shop to an actual pipe shop that's, that's all they did was make corncob pipes. And there's actually, uh, if you go to their website, corncobpipes.com, they've got a lot of versions out there right now. And most of them are all relatively inexpensive. They're a great pipe to start with, and they're also a great pipe to try new tobaccos in. Because now, back to your black cherry comment earlier, there's, there are black cherry uh, pipe tobaccos and so forth. And in a briarwood pipe, they will actually leave a residue and a taste in that pipe that if you don't like it, then you've got a problem. Whereas with the corncob pipe, they don't retain a lot of the, the flavors from one tobacco to another. So, like I say, if you're going to get started in it, start out with the corncob and evolve from there. Uh, my excuse was that you know, well, it'll be so much more inexpensive to smoke, which, as far as the tobacco is concerned, is true because you can pick up a couple ounces of good pipe tobacco for five, six bucks, and that's going to give you several smokes in there versus, you know, one cigar. The problem is when you buy one pipe that you like and you start buying other pipes, it's, it's a catch-22. You're going to spend the money. If you're going to have a hobby, whether it be cigars or pipes, you're going to spend the money. Fair enough. <laughs> One good thing about pipes is uh, you look kind of hipster when you smoke pipes. So I, I know that's I know that's really important to Junior to look hipster. Well, yeah, well I, I got a reputation to uphold. <laughs> you got a pipe. Why? You got you got a pipe. You got suspenders. You got some weird fedora. <laughs> Orange, orange tennis shoes. I mean, it is no shave November, so is that going to presume someone's growing a, I don't know, handlebar mustache yeah, with the pipe? Do you have a pipe yep. too? <laughs> no, I, I don't participate in that particular uh, little festival there because I can't grow facial hair for shit. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've kind of got the Fook Man Two thing going here. It's uh, yeah, probably three and a half, four inches down on my chin now. But I'm I'm kind of in Junior's category as far as the rest of it. I can't fill in a full beard. That sucks. Yeah. All right. So next story, a story I found interesting is uh, a man by the name of Richard Overton, who happens to be America's oldest. Good Lord. Who happens to be America's oldest veteran? He's a hundred and eight years old. And he lives in Austin, Texas, but 
for pretty much his entire life and at least his older adult life he's been every day starting his morning with whiskey and going down to Babaloo Cigars down on 6th Street in Austin, Texas and having a cigar and I think at his age it shows that having relaxing hobbies can do a lot for a person I, I don't know if, if that's the kind of theme that you guys might have got from the story but I also think it shows that cigars may not be that bad for you one thing that's obvious to me is that this guy is the first thing that could possibly happen to all those nicotine tobacco haters out there you know finding a dude that's older than dirt who's smoking cigars happy and healthy and loving life i mean that's awesome i love this guy this guy is my new hero i might send him some cigars even (laughs) it's one of those things where it, it comes back to a joke that uh, an old comedian said, George Burns, and he said, if I had listened to my doctor, I wouldn't have lived long enough to go to his funeral. And I think it, it applies to him, where if this guy would have just done everything that all the media told him to do and, uh, you know, eat this, don't eat that, and, and all this other stuff, rather than just relaxing, having a good time, smoking cigars, and drinking whiskey, he's outlived everyone who would told him to do otherwise. So, you know, that, that type of freelance behavior, I think, is what's caused him to help live longer. You know. Um, there is something I want to read to you that I picked up in a magazine a while back, and it's a little bit long-winded, so you guys have to have to focus. I know we all have the attention span of a, of a, of a three-year-old on this, on this channel. None of us are, are smart. But uh, it's from Cigar Magazine from spring 2008. So bear with me here. And I know we're talking about as far as cigars being good for you. And I have a little bit of scientific evidence to help substantiate that that I think applies to this, um, to this article. Okay, Not directly, but indirectly. So in Cigar Magazine, spring of 08, there was an article written by someone called Tommy Zarzeski. And he found research that indicated that smoking a cigar or a pipe can help with things such as weight loss. It can produce uh, alert and irrational calm, improve memory, problem-solving skills, and even serve as an analgesic with pain-killing properties. All right. Uh, due to the nicotine and relaxing effect, it can also produce an anti-aggressive effect, which improves a person's attention span and adults with ADD and ADHD. Okay. Stay with me. So far, so good. Um, at the University of Central Florida, diabetes was cured in mice with insulin that was grown in specially modified tobacco plants. Yeah. The University of Louisville are using tobacco plants to develop a drug to help fight cervical cancer, which would reduce the cost of an existing drug already on the market from $120 per dose to one dollar. Wow. All right. In the July 2008 issue of Archives of Neurology, a UCLA study revealed some interesting info about Parkinson's disease. Quote, never smokers have about a twofold higher risk of Parkinson's disease than ever smokers. This was written by B.D. Ritz, an MD and Ph.D., of UCLA. 
Dr. Robert L. Copeland, Jr. of Howard University College of Medicine in Washington, D.C., points to studies showing that nicotine protects neurons that generate dopamine in the brain. Quote, Parkinson's symptoms appear after patients lost 70 to 80 percent of their dopamine-making neurons, end quote. I love this. This is fucking, excuse me, this, this is effing awesome. <laughs> you, you can I take these podcasts, I take these podcasts very seriously. <laughs> so, um, I read that article probably, I don't know, three years ago, and I, I just kept the magazine and forgotten about it, and then you brought up this question, not this question, but this article about this America's oldest vet smokes cigars and drinks whiskey every day and lives on beyond any of his peers and constituents, and I thought, and then beneath you said the benefits of relaxation that comes from cigar smoking. Well, if there wasn't scientific evidence to back that up, he wouldn't physically be alive. Absolutely. So there's obviously some type of connection here, and I thought that was as accurate a statement as I could find. So, so, so I don't have – I love that, Ben, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. Um, You're welcome. That's, that's, something, that's something that we don't hear because, because we're too busy getting anti-tobacco media shoved down our throat. Okay. But right. One, one thing I will say in my in my ventures to tobacconists and cigar shops and uh, in the backyards around America smoking cigars, one thing I can say, and I'm not a doctor, but one thing I can say with 100% certainty is that smoking cigars is good for the soul. It is. It is, it is very good for the soul. Amen. It makes people happy, and I tell you what, being happy is what it's all about. You know, um, don't listen to the naysayers. Uh, and and here's and I love the fact that you're backing up my claim with a little bit of science. Um, amen, brother. That was awesome. You're welcome. Nice job. And and speaking of smoking cigars, and this is apparently a theme of the evening. Drew Estate has a or has unveiled a new cigar, the Pappy Van Winkle cigar. Now, any of you who know that name know it is associated with bourbon. Uh, when I first read the story, I assumed this was going to be uh, Drew Estate attempt to compete with the Maker's Mark cigar. But the, this cigar is just tobacco. It's not aged in barrels or infused with any sort of bourbon flavor. They claim uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper and Nicaraguan fillers. And Basically, they're saying it's the perfect blend to go with the Pappy Van Winkle bourbon. It's not actually flavored to taste like it. Yeah, they were supposed to. Originally, I think they were going to do it in barrels, and then one of the Drew Estate members said, no, we shouldn't do that. Uh, and kudos to him for, for not doing that. But has anyone had Pappy O'Daniel, Pappy, whatever this thing's called, Pappy Van, Van Winkle uh, bourbon? Has anyone had this? I have had it. There's several different uh, versions of it, or years. Uh, yeah. I've what, had the two it. It's, it's good. It's not... I, I'd be perfectly happy with Jack Daniels, especially considering this stuff's like $100 a bottle, so... Yep, yep. So here, here's, here's the deal with the, the Pappy Van Winkle, is it's, um, it's an ultra-limited release. They only release it once a year. It's difficult to find, and... It is very expensive. Um, it, it has that niche cult following that when you score a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, guys go gaga over it just because it's hard to find. 
I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, the Pappy Van Winkle Drew Estate combo here is just marketing. That's all it is is marketing. There are I'm I'm a thousand there are a thousand cigars out there that pair awesome with bourbon and whiskey already. Um, yeah. So just because you name your cigar Pappy Van Winkle cigar, it, uh, you know I'm going to go ahead and throw the baloney card. Um, they're they're just marketing. That's all it is. I wonder if that uh, deal was made before or after the Swisher buyout. Uh, hold on. I think it tells it in here. Uh, this is the first new project Drew Estate has unveiled since it was announced the company would be acquired by our friend Swisher. Okay, so it was after the fact. Uh, but I you don't know, know ultra high end bourbon and tying in, you know, with Swisher would be a a drawback, but I guess he's riding the true estate tonight. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what this, I see is I, I agree with Kurt here as a marketing ploy. You know, my brother, he used to collect, uh, when we were younger, of course, uh, Star Wars collectible items. You know, it was a very collectible item, you know, those figurines and all that. And what the makers started doing was very smart. They would actually purposely generate very limited release of different toys. So it, it was like, oh, we made you know only twenty thousand of these, and well, there was a mistake. We had to stop production, and they would generate a hype that there was only so many of them, and so you would have to pay a fortune or go through leaps and bounds to find these specific toys. Well, I think it's very similar to this. They're just saying, well, let's just piggyback off this quote-unquote high-end bourbon and make a quote-unquote limited release, just so people say, hey, I've got a happy Van Winkle cigar, just to say, well, it's just rare, limited can't hardly find it type of uh, addition, but is it going to be any good? If you take the band off and smoke it, is it worth anything? You know, that's, that, as, a, as a cigar smoker, that's what I want to know. I don't really care what the band looks like. Is, is it a good cigar? Mm-hmm. So. It'll be so. interesting to see how that turns out and the, the last story we'll talk about for the evening. Well, hold, hold on, Junior. Hold on. Uh, I like to present a challenge here to uh, Happy Van Winkle and Drew Estate. If you think we're wrong, I challenge you all to send us a bottle of Happy Van Winkle and some cigars, <laughs> and, and we'll happily we'll happily try them out. And uh, you know what? I'll I'll eat my hat if uh, if you're right and I'm wrong. And you know, Gurkha still hadn't took us up on that challenge with their thousand dollar cigars yet either. No, yeah, Gurkha. Gurkha has still waiting on that one too. Yeah, Gurkha has not stepped up to the plate. I think I think they're they're saying that their cigar is not worth it. That's what I, that's what I'm hearing. Have you guys read? Did we did we discuss that? Like you know what actually what it made of? Like was it dipped in, you know, astral gold? I mean, why why it was a thousand dollars? Isn't it yeah. dipped in some like four hundred year old cognac or some bullshit like that? Yeah, yeah, Louis Louis fourteen or 16's personal cognac. Uh, so. Incredibly that's, old and expensive booze. That's that's great. That's that's wonderful. Okay, it could be uh, dollars for the uh, moving on for the low price of nine ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> oh no, Jay Z did that too, didn't he? Or was it that same cigar? Oh. Jay Z had uh, some sort of. Uh, he did something with the uh, I think Cohiba. Yeah, he and could, made cigars from that, right? Thousand yeah. dollars a pack. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. And the uh, <clears throat> the last story of the evening, uh, it's November now, next month, December. 
uh, cigar aficionado will be revealing the 2014 top 25. So I just want to get your guys' opinion on your number one cigar of the year, whether it was something new or an old classic. So Kirk, what, uh, what's your number one for 2014? I've been thinking about this for five months, probably. Um, and I cannot decide. I have two cigars this year that I'm just absolutely in love with, and I would be so happy if either one of them landed in the top 25. I love the the new uh, Camacho Diploma. I mean, that thing is silky, awesomely flavorful goodness. It just blows my skirt up. And the, the other cigar that I'm in love with is uh, the Gurkha Cellar Reserve Limitada. It's the Maduro version of their uh, their 15-year age cellar cellar reserve. Uh, one of the best one of the best Maduros I've ever had. Just fantastic. And uh, senior, what's your top for the year? Uh, I'm gonna be like Kurt since he got to choose two. I'm gonna be that way myself because uh, I've taken a couple around. One. Uh, really stood out for me uh, was with Epicurean cigars. Uh, and actually, Junior gave me this cigar. It was uh, Lancero, Gonzo Lancero. And uh, amazing smoke. I really liked the Gonzo uh, to begin with. And then they came out with the Lancero version. And uh, it was excellent. And, uh, probably, I'll go with that one. Uh, I'll, I'll go with that one. Instead of being greedy and taken to, we'll let Kirk be different. <laughs> well, that's pretty much a given. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ben, do you have a top for the year? Uh, well, I feel it's going to be an illusione. Now, the one that I've had that stood out to me was an MJ12 Maduro. Um, in a Toro Gordo size, 6x54. It's got a, a Mexican wrapper, I think, from the San Andreas Valley. It's a Nicaraguan binder and filler, medium to full-bodied. It was a very full, complex smoke. It was, it, you know, it wasn't. Uh, it didn't dry out. It wasn't. It burned real well. Um, so I, I doubt it's going to be like that specific. But um, to me, that's I think that's the best one I've had this year. Um, that or the Series V Milano. Um, both of those have really stood out to me as just being exceptional smokes. So that's my call. Uh, let's see. My, I, I have to go with Senior probably on that Gonzo Lancero. I, everybody who knows me knows I'm a mark for the the original Gonzo, but th that Lancero is just on, an, on on a different level. I mean, everything that was good about the normal size is just kicked up a notch in that Lancero. So that thing is absolutely wonderful. Unfortunately, it, it was a limited run. So uh, whatever's out there is out there, I guess. But if you can happen on some of those, be sure to give it a try. And before we wrap up tonight, I want to get Senior and Kirk's final thoughts on what they're smoking. Really enjoying this one from Espinosa. Um, like I say, it's it's been consistent all the way through. Uh, burn and construction's excellent. 
Uh, flavors are remaining the same as far as the, uh, the cedar, a little citrusy, getting a little bit of a, a hay, kind of like a freshly mowed hay field on the aroma side of it. Uh, but really, really enjoying the, uh, the smoke. And something I definitely look to smoke again. For, for me and the uh, the tatuaje here, just the, the tattoo, um, I, I'm very impressed. For, for $5 these days, um, you know, there's only so much you can expect, and, and this one's up there with the best of them at that price. Uh, I will say that in the course of the conversation, if I'm not paying attention and I start smoking a little too fast, it tends to get a little bit harsh, but, um, you know, all of them do. So all around, I mean, I'm... I'm very pleased with the tattoo. All right. I, watched, I smoked one of those uh, uh, one day last week, and I, I picked it up at the shop here in Murfreesboro, and just something new. I saw the name. It's like, okay. And then realized it was a tattoo, and then for the price point, or uh, Tatawahe, and for the price point, it's like, wow. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I definitely enjoyed that one. I agree. Uh, you know, uh, junior and senior, I was actually surprised that you guys didn't mention the Hoya de Nicaragua uh, limited release, uh, the, was it Cuatro Cinco? Yeah, that was another uh, excellent one. It, it did cross my mind, but the uh, the Lancero, I probably smoked it about a month ago, so it was a little bit fresher in terms of what I remembered about it. But yeah, the definitely an honorable honorable mention to the uh, Cuatro Cinco. Well, don't, don't worry too much, guys. I, I actually know that um, Cigar Aficionado listens to this podcast, um, and they're going to take our recommendations for the top 25. So. <laughs> is, that right? is that right? Yep. <laughs> where, where have you gotten this devious information? Hey, I got sources that I'm not willing to share, okay? You just have to trust me. Yeah, somebody call David Savone and get him down here immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> could, uh throw out one other thing related back to the pipes. Uh, a friend of the, the show has also got, uh, just introduced his own line of pipes. Uh, Sean Welsh is a uh, cigar seller, Welsh uh, at gmail.com I believe. But he is coming out with a pipe uh, branded uh, Origin 1776. And I've seen the first pipe out of the shop and it is absolutely gorgeous. And these pipes are going to retail, I think, somewhere between 90 and $125. And uh, he told me the other day that he was going to give us one to raffle off on uh, Cigar Tipsters. So along with the giveaways, uh, we'll have a, uh, a pipe giveaway coming up in the near future. Uh, his name is Sean. If you remember uh, at TweetUp, uh He's one of Jerry's reps. He reps Vicarious. Oh, okay. All right. Very he nice. reps a bunch of other stuff, but I don't know what it is. Uh, Espinosa 601s. Uh, 90 Miles, I think, and some others. But uh... but anyway, uh, anybody got any final thoughts, ideas, people you want to curse out before we go? Uh, I'd like to curse out Drew Estate, being a <laughs> sellout D-bag. Um, and uh, my, my apologies to the Swisher International Corporation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kirk, anything? 
No, I'm, I'm a happy camper. Clean or anything? Nah, I'm good. Thanks for joining us.